Samuel Proudhorn had never awakened so fully and so quickly in his life into such sharp, hot stabs of pain. It felt as if his entire body were being roasted on a spit. There before him, over him, one of the leering demon faces. It leaned closer, and then it smiled a wide, toothy grin, and its hand delivered a stout smack, backhanding him in the face, snapping his head to the side. Pain flowered up his left side, laced him like lightning. What was happening? Wake, white man, wake! The leering demon howled at him. Was it speaking to him? It was all Samuel could do to keep his eyes from closing, from trying to force away the pain. The hot tears such pain pushed up and out of him. Crack! His head whipped to the left. Smack! To the right. What? He tried to speak, but his tongue felt as though it were thicker than his wool blanket rolled so tight tied behind his saddle. Yes, that brought to mind Sassy, galloping. He'd been shot. Oh, no, no, Samuel, he told himself. This cannot be. You have too much to do yet. And the people of Gamble, your friends, those people you kept at arm's length for so long, the only real friends you've had in a lifetime of roving. You've let them down. You've doomed them, the weak souls of Gamble. Seconds later, a great gush of water poured over his face, and Samuel spluttered and coughed jerking himself side to side, but he was held down by something. The spastic thrashing hurt, that the water had helped clear his mind, and what he saw made him wish he'd stayed incoherent. Two Indians stared down at him, their decorated buckskin clothing and faces offering a confusing sight of color. The stink of them as they moved closer was the smell of animals— of raw, musky rage, sweat and anger, and wood smoke and blood. How many were there? Just the two? Samuel looked about as best he could and saw he was tied down, staked out with leather wrappings. His eyesight began to cloud, limiting what he could see. Soon he tasted a warm wetness on his lips, knew it was blood, perhaps from a wound to his head. The demonic Indians murmured among themselves. Samuel could see two now, both men, and their prodding, kicking, and laughing had begun to enrage him. He gathered a shout and tried, tried again, and got it half out before one of them drove a hard, tight fist into his mouth, snapping his head to the side again. Behind him, a cry arose, and Samuel, weak as he was, tried to look in that direction. He saw one of the men standing beside a horse— his horse, Sassy. She still looked to be upright, unharmed. What would become of her? Stop thinking like that, he told himself. Figure a way out of this. The Indian held aloft his bottle of whiskey, still mostly full. Samuel hadn't allowed himself to indulge in its splendors these past nights on the trail. Now he wished he had, or else had dumped it out but the Indian hooted and gasped with the fiery rush of the rough whiskey. "'Might man, what do you want here?' Samuel turned his head back to face the man looking down at him. This one didn't seem interested in the least in the whiskey shenanigans of his friend. 
This is not your land, not your people. And yet you whites come here, take everything that we have, and leave nothing for us but death and sickness. No more, white man. We will go into tomorrow without you. I don't want anything, said Samuel, trying to shake his head. It seemed important to convince this man that he wanted nothing but to live. For that, he would leave here forever, never come back, would gladly forsake the gold, all of it. He would leave here forever. But the man was having none of it. He even laughed at Samuel's tearful efforts at convincing him of this. Soon the effects of the whiskey drove the other man to shout and...